Welcome to Care of Souls, a podcast of 180 Ministries where Dr. Stuart Scott serves as the executive director. 180 Ministries equips local churches with biblical counseling by offering counseling, education, and consulting services. Visit our website at 180ministries.org to learn more about how we can serve you. This podcast is being recorded in cooperation with the Masters University, where Dr. Scott also serves as a professor of biblical counseling. Visit their website at masters.edu to learn more about their programs in biblical counseling. Thanks for joining us again on the One Another podcast. I'm Mark Smith, and the One Another we'll focus on today is a high calling for us believers to put into practice, which is speak truthfully to one another from Ephesians 4:25 and Ephesians 4:15 which say, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another and speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ Stuart and Adam teach us about this one another well Stuart we have a great opportunity today to talk about speaking truthfully to one another and we've been listening to Mark read to us from Ephesians 4 tell us a little bit about this incredible book of Ephesians and how chapter 4 really begins to zero in on speaking the truth to one another Yeah and uh Ephesians is one of my favorite books because it addresses so many issues uh, in the Christian life but first of all it starts with um a great God and the salvation that he provided Uh, through Christ and so our position in Christ a new creature in Christ and then it turns uh there in chapter 4 to how does this new life in Christ how does the gospel live itself out in our lives and through our lives to other people and to one another and even in the church especially so we're in like chapter 4 here and he, he talks about the leaders that God has given to the church the, to equip everyone for the work of the ministry uh that were not tossed around but were really grounded in good sound doctrine and then it goes verse 15 to really be built up in that we're speaking the truth and that uh the truth will keep us from error mm. uh not only error doctrinally and in our our walk but but even it'll keep us from giving into the deceitfulness and uh, of our sinful flesh and then it moves down tells us positionally uh, who we once were in verse 22 and then talks about verse 23 re- being renewed in the spirit of your minds mm-hmm. and then we put on the new self and even in that position there where the, the old is put off the new is put on the minds being renewed then verse 25 therefore uh, put away falsehood and speak truth Uh, the spirit of truth dwells in us mm. so truth should come out of our mouth yeah i mean we're talking about the spirit of truth even could be a reference to the holy spirit mm-hmm. and the holy spirit indwells us just as christ lives in us and also we understand that the father there's a trinitarian triune mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. and when he says the speaking the truth in love we need to be uh making sure that we are thinking through everything that you're saying am i being true am i being true in my words uh, doctrinally but am i just speaking the truth as opposed to um bending the truth mm-hmm. telling a white lie yes. uh, telling a half truth you know we talk to our kids all the time about there's three kinds of lies you you could tell a white lie 
You could tell a half-truth or you could tell a bold-faced lie. And we kind of unpack that a little bit so they see the layers. And it's all a lie. A white lie is a lie. A half-truth is a lie. And a bold-faced lie is a lie. But we're saying here, you can't really have Christian encouragement and fellowship if you're not speaking the truth to each other. Yes, and you can't stop lying. You have to replace it. And that's the beauty of Christ in the gospel is that we're a new creature now. We can replace things with the help of the Spirit. So breaking habits, uh, trying to stop being angry, trying to stop lusting, trying to stop lying, that's a 90-degree turn, but it's not a 180. It's not a complete turn by faith in Christ and pursue what's right. Yeah. And so I, you know, um, I know Jay Adams would uh, use this verse and say, when is a liar not a liar? Mm-hmm. And we think, well, when he's not lying. You go, no, he's just in between lies. <laughs> uh, you know, he's just in between. He's still a liar. He's just not, it's not coming out of his mouth right now. And he said, a liar is not a liar when he's something else, yeah. right? When he's a truth teller. Mm-hmm. So that's how, um, you know, our, in our sinful flesh, we're by nature liars. Yeah. Uh, the heart's deceitful right. and desperately wicked. So now that God is, indwells us and helps us to, to be a truth teller, we put off lying when we're always speaking the truth. Yeah. Yeah, we're replacing it. Mm-hmm. We're replacing a sinful habit, right. confessing it, being mm-hmm. renewed in the spirit of our mind, and then putting on truth-telling. In fact, a lot of times when we even talk about biblical communication, we'll kind of talk the ACBC, um, there's four rules to biblical communication. Right. Number one is be honest. Yes. So how does that fit in with Ephesians 4.25, as we're talking about speaking the truth or putting away falsehood? What does the ACBC four rules of communication mean by saying, let's be honest? Well, there uh, again, the different lies, as you mentioned, the bold-faced lie, uh, half-truths, exaggerations, mm-hmm. evasiveness. There's various forms of lying. And when we put all of those off and we're really trying to uh, help one another with the gospel uh, to, for salvation, the truth of, that they need Christ. And then as a Christian, we're trying to build them up with truth Truth should always come out of our mouth. So truth should always be coming out of our mouth, and so we want to make sure that we're not being—you just mentioned about being evasive or Mm. exaggerating. Mm -hmm. So that's actually starting to really hit close to home, because it's easy for us to do that even as adults. I was just thinking about how sometimes if my wife were, let's say, out running errands, or she was uh, maybe to meet another lady for coffee and say, hey, honey, I need you to make sure you help the kids with their homework and and maybe clean up, you know, uh, and I'm like, sure, babe, I got it. And then she'll, you know, she'll leave for her, for her outing and I might get distracted. And if it's a Monday night, I might be watching Monday night football and I'm sitting down with a couple of my boys and we're watching the game and all of a sudden I look at my watch and I'm like, oh my word, she's going to be home any minute. So I quickly get up and I put the dishes in the dishwasher, and I'm like, kids, get your homework done. And then she walks in the door, she's like, oh, honey, how did it go? And I'm like, oh, sweetie, it was good. I've just been slaving away, you know, helping the kids with homework and cleaning up the kitchen, you know, make it, I always make sure I'm wiping the counter as the door opens, because I go. can hear the garage door. So I know she's coming. So if I'm wiping the counter as she enters the house, but 
that's really not me being truthful, is it? If I've spent, you know, 55 minutes on the couch watching Monday Night Football and five minutes wiping the counter and I act like I've been slaving away the whole time, I'm not a truth teller. Right. You're leading her to believe something different, a different story than than actual story. I hope my wife's not listening to this because then she'll know wiping the counter is kind of like, okay, what have you really been doing? (laughs) Here, I have a question for you if she's listening. So she comes up and says, Adam, what do you think of uh, the dress that I have on? How do you think it looks on me? (laughs) I say, baby, you look good all the time. Yeah, I mean, because what we're talking about here is I always use that same illustration and say, what do you do if your wife puts on her dress and you go out for the evening? And she's like, honey, how do you like this dress? Does this dress make me look fat? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell my counselees, that's a trap. Yeah. Don't answer because you know we're talking about like speaking the truth in love, yeah. but we're 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 being funny here. But we're saying, hey, yeah. don't be brutally honest right. to the point to where it's hurtful or harmful. Because we're to be edifying one another, building each other up. So if someone were to ask a question in a negative way, does this dress make me look bad? You could just say, hey, honey, you look great, or hey, I think this other dress even fits you better, or you know, honey, I love you. No matter what you choose to wear tonight, let's let's focus on us being together and, and going out. You know, there's a way to you can still be honest mm-hmm. uh, without being hurtful. Yeah, I just say, what about the Dodgers? Are they playing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, try to steer away. But sometimes even asking, what do you think? Yeah, uh, because they usually have an opinion already. <laughs> if they can tell you what they're thinking, you can. You know, most often you agree with them on it, but yeah, it's um, th- those are funny illustrations of just life together, right? But boy, all, all through the day, you know, we're usually tempted to lie or be deceitful when we're afraid, mm. when we're trying to please people. There's a temptation to lie because mm. you want to make yourself look good, yeah, or you're afraid of getting caught. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple of circumstances that. For those who are trying to put off lying and always speak the truth, watch out when you're fearful or you're trying to please someone. Lord, help me to still speak the truth. Yeah, and you're really getting down to the heart motive, aren't you? You're saying, hey, lying is a problem Mm -hmm. and it's a sin, but there's some root um, problem beyond that where they're afraid, they're covering up the truth, and that needs to be addressed as well. Right. And I, I like how even the truths of the gospel of, of Christ and his church come in on the lying uh, area and speaking truth. It doesn't just say, put off lying and speak the truth and end there. Yeah. It says, because we're members of one another. Mm-hmm. So it brings in the body of Christ, the head of the, the body, Christ, I mean, Christ, and then the church. All the, these principles are all packaged. Yeah with elements of the gospel. That's right. That's right. You know, we were talking earlier about the four rules of communication. Mm -hmm. I think I was asking you about how does being honest help uh, work into this idea of speaking the truth. And I think part of what I'm getting at with that is when there's conflict in the marriage and there's arguing and there's um, name calling Mm -hmm. or there's uh, accusations, you know, we'll say things like, you never do this or you always do that. And that's not really true. And so that person's not being completely honest with their assessment of what's going on. And so we need to speak the truth and just maybe you say, hey, right now, let's focus on this issue. But if you start saying something like, you never, you always, now you're exaggerating and you're not a truth teller. And then how can good communication be built on something that's not being honest 
and truthful. And typically that will provoke, mm -hmm. which is really the next verse. So you're being provoked to right. anger, don't sin. Yeah. Because that, when someone says you're always this way or you're never kind or, and you're going, oh boy, it, it'll provoke yeah. to anger. And it's interesting how they're right close, I mean, next to each other, these two verses. Yeah. Speaking truth and, and being honest with one another is, it starts the whole list there of, you don't really have a good working relationship if we're not honest in speaking the truth. Yeah. Sin, uh, lying and sin is anti-relational. Mm. It breaks it breaks relationships apart. It's uh, anti-unity. So sin and deceit push people away. It doesn't bring them together. Yeah. Well, let's say, Dr. Scott, you're counseling with a couple, and maybe it's between them, maybe it's them with a teenager, but uh, whoever it is, there's a liar in the room. We're talking about, you know, we're Christians who've been saved by faith, but they've been characterized as a habitual liar. Hmm. It's a common problem in counseling, maybe. How would you deal with a counselee who's really struggling with that? Well, I would want to know if the person acknowledges that they are not telling the truth uh, most of the time or a hmm. lot of the time, and do they want help? You know, if, if they're a professing Christian, all of those things are factors in how we move forward. Yeah. Are they in Christ? Are how, they? How about let's go with the rebellious teenager? So there's a there's a mom and dad. The whole family comes to church. A mom and dad love the Lord. The teenage um, child, teenage young adult, um, comes to church regularly, but maybe not. They haven't been baptized yet. Uh, it's unclear whether they're truly born again. And, and now the parents are repeatedly catching their teenage son or daughter, uh, telling lies about where they've been, what they've done. And the parents come to you and they say, we are up to here with our rebellious teenager, and they keep lying to us. Yeah. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, and I, I'd like, I would like to meet with the teen. I mean, if it's a guy, I would like yeah. to meet with them and try to build some rapport relationship there. Uh, what are the parents doing that might be provoking? They could be doing some things mm -hmm. to provoke. I'd, I'd like to see everyone deal with their own area of uh, their own log, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But with the the teen, I'd I'd want to be centering in on uh, his profession of faith. Where is he at with Christ? Uh, if he's not in Christ, he is by nature a liar, mm. right? I mean, it's the old man. It's part the of sinful his depravity. Mm -hmm. uh, I think of Titus three three. We are all disobedient, uh, angry, hating, hating people. Uh, that's by nature who we are outside of Christ. So I would I'd want to walk through the the gospel in the narrow sense of uh, salvation with him. Uh, from there, I'd like to say this is when you're thinking ahead. What would you like to see in the home and relationships? Mm -hmm. And then what part is your part? Yeah. Right. I mean, if you can divide it up and say, well, my parents this, my parents that. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to the parents. They'll own up their area. Yeah, maybe they're doing some things that really put fear in the teenager, and so they're more prone to lie. Still responsible, but are are the parents doing anything that could be provoking? I'd like to have the parents deal with their part, and then I would like to have the teen own up to what he's doing or not doing that he yeah. needs to make the changes in Christ with the power of the Spirit. Yeah, so this is going to come back to a gospel conversation. Mm -hmm. 
do they even know the Lord? Yep. And unless they repent and trust Christ as their Savior, they're not going to be able to be a truth teller because they are, by definition, characterized as a liar. Right. And we know that Revelation 21.8 says that liars go to hell, mm-hmm. along with anybody who's habitually sinning in any of a given list of sins that First Corinthians uh, gives to us in Revelation 21. So let, let's back up just a little bit even to a toddler. We talk a lot about raising kids, mm-hmm. uh, counseling parents, uh, Toddlers, you know, quickly find out that lying is is uh, something that their parents uh, may discipline them for. Right. Walk us through a typical scenario of how a parent can nip that in the bud if they're catching their little toddler because it's kind of cute at first when right. they're so small, and you kind of smile, and then you're like, well, "Hold on a second, there's a whole issue going on here. I need to address right now." What would you say to that parent? Yeah, and especially in a, in the toddler years, I mean, you're trying to start in with the elements of the gospel, right? Yeah. Some of the key truths about who God is and man and man's sin. But rarely do you find toddlers coming to faith in Christ, even understanding the entire gospel at that age. And they may be, we just don't yeah, know that's right. for a fact if yeah. they're truly born again, but I get what you're saying. So even at those very young uh, years, you're addressing uh, the external behavior, but also instructing their heart. So there's that discipline training on the external yeah. as you're addressing their heart, and that increases the older they get. Yeah. Uh, their heart, they can understand and uh, process uh, better uh, yeah. with their mind. So I would, I would be saying as a parent that if we catch you lying, there's going to be a, a double consequence. Okay. So it, it deters them. If you tell the truth, there might be a consequence. There might not be. Mm-hmm. It depends. But if you lie and we find out, uh, there'll be a double consequence. You, you want to try to motivate them. Eventually, you motivate them out of love for Christ. But right. in the early years, it's, uh, I don't want any pain. You yeah. know, I, I don't want any sure. consequences. You know, I love that idea about a double consequence, just trying to heighten the mm-hmm. awareness that lying is a big deal. And we don't want to sweep it under the rug, and we don't want to ignore it. And we don't want to say, well, they're just kids, so that's what kids do. We want to say, no, no, you know, this is a significant sin against God and against your mom and dad. And if we catch you in a lie for us at our house when our kids were younger, we would just tell them it's an automatic spank, right? automatic discipline, lovingly, yeah. appropriately, uh, but that's going to be an automatic uh, uh, discipline uh, for you during a lie. Now, I've heard some parents tell me, and I'm curious what you think about it. You've, you were talking about a double consequence. I'm talking about mm-hmm. it's an automatic discipline. I've had a parent tell me before that they would say, hey, um, our, we love you kids, and we know that you struggle, and we're going to discipline you. But if you lie, but you come tell us about the lie, there's no consequence because you came and told us about it. So if you tell us the truth, or you come and tell us that you did lie to us, and now you feel guilty and you're revealing the truth, because they were wanting them to come and actually tell the truth, mm-hmm. because now they're not afraid of a consequence, because the parent has told them, if if you, you know, so I'm kind of talking both ways. You can yeah. either double down, or you could say, if you come tell me the truth, I won't punish you, but always speak the truth to me, because I'm your dad. But that would be no de- deterrence from disobedience, because they could break every rule. <laughs> I lied again today, yeah, Dad. Yeah, just uh, wanted to let you know. I, I didn't come in at eleven. I came in at twelve. And, and well, there's no consequence. You know that. Yeah. There's no. But you can hear the 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 heart of that parent, right? Though, who's exactly. Saying, "Hey, I want you to speak the truth to me," uh, but that's not the way to do it. 
Right. I would I would say be case by case, situation by situation. There mm-hmm. may be something where they go, man, I broke something. I didn't mean to do that, but I broke it. And I know it was really valuable to you, dad. Yeah. And you, you have the option at that point to say, you know, I could see how that could happen. And sure. I appreciate you telling me. Yeah. And a lot of it is probably, did you catch them in the lie? Mm-hmm. Or did they feel guilty about lying to you? And they come back a little later and say, hey, mom, dad, I actually lied about that. I did do that. Yeah. It's kind of a different situation, isn't it? And right. How you might handle it. Did you catch them red handed or did they come and confess on their own? Um, you're still going to apply appropriate consequences you deem best, but it's a different situation. Right. And, and trust, telling the truth builds trust. Mm. And I, I try to teach them at the, the most uh, young age that if you want mom and dad to trust you, and of course, the more trustworthy they are, the more privileges and freedoms mm. come their way eventually. I mean, they, they increase. But if mom and dad lied to you all the time. If you couldn't trust us, we say, oh, we'll be there and we, we aren't. We'll come pick you up and we don't. Our relationship would be strained. And, right. and just saying that's the same way. We want to be able to trust you and build this relationship and this love between us. Yeah. And that goes for two adults too. Mm-hmm. If it's a husband and spouse and the wife has been lying to the husband or the husband's right. been lying to the wife and it's led to a horrible sin like adultery or something else, because a lot of times that's covered up with a lot right. of lies, isn't right. it? You forgive right away, mm-hmm. but it takes time to build trust. Yes. And so it's kind of like, I trust you, but I'm going to verify. Or what's that statement? Trust, but verify. What's the statement? Is that it? Yeah. We're watching it here, but yeah. you would say, hey, I trust, I'm going to trust, but verify what you're saying right. in a way that I can make sure that I'm that I'm building trust back into you because I want to do that again, but you've got to be consistent as a truth speaker. Right. And the person who has been lying should welcome that. Yeah. If they get defensive, that's not a good sign of repentance. Yeah. So they should welcome that. I remember one person who's... Uh, she was a friend of ours, uh, both Zandra and and me, and we. She she had a problem of lying, yeah, uh, years of lying, and uh, took on a different persona, even that kind of lying. Oh my! So she comes to Christ, and I mean uh, salvation, and now she's changing, but she's still lying. And I remember her saying, uh, "Ask me." Matter of fact, ask me a couple of times, and when I tell you something, just ask me a couple of times to see if that is the truth, because my first initial reaction, habit-wise, was to lie. And I, I remember she uh, she had some new uh, coat on when she came over to our house for dinner, and I said, oh, that's new? She goes, yeah, I got it for uh, 29 like 99 or something. And I said, so it was just it was twenty nine ninety nine. Well, no, it, it was like <laughs> she she said with tax and everything, it it, it was in the thirties, but it just sounded better twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> I'm going, but she welcomed it. Yeah, and she would just say how much she appreciated me following up, and Zondra would do the same, just to get her in a new habit of telling the truth because it's a it's a ravine that's just mm. natural. The old habits. Great discussion, guys. Thanks very much. If you, our listener, have been tracking along with this one another discussion, evaluate your own heart and try to recall a recent conversation when you did not speak the truth. If you're convicted of sin, confess it to God and repent, and contact the person you spoke with so that you could confess your sin and seek that person's forgiveness too. 
Or do you recall a recent conversation when the truth was not spoken in love? What did you do? And what should you have done? And lastly, determine when you are most prone not to speak the truth. What are the circumstances surrounding those times? Do you see a particular pattern in your speech that needs correcting or changing? Thanks again for being with us. It's been a joy to be with you today. May the Lord bless your efforts to speak truthfully to one another. Until next time, take care. Thank you for joining us today on Care of Souls. We hope you were challenged and encouraged by the truth from Scripture and are better equipped to serve Christ in His church. Visit our website at 180ministries.org to learn more about our resources and services. Until next time, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. May the Lord bless you as you abide in Him. Thank you.